everyone. Good morning, and thanks for joining us. Welcome back to another live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, this coming Tuesday. January the 23rd marks the 40th anniversary of the match that launched Hulkamania, Madison Square Garden. Hogan facing off against the villainous Iron Sheik for the World Wrestling Federation title. Hogan riding that wave of popularity from his appearance in the Rocky III movie, uses his 24-inch pythons to power out of the Sheik's camel clutch, drops that now iconic leg drop over the Sheik, and becomes the World Wrestling Federation champion for the very first time. And just like that, the face of the World Wrestling Federation and of pro wrestling in general changed forever This coming Tuesday, we celebrate the 40th anniversary of the match that birthed Hulkamania. WWE is doing a special long celebration all month of January, releasing merchandise, collectibles. But today, on a very special live episode of the show, we celebrate Hulkamania by sharing our favorite memories and moments from back when Hulkamania was running wild. My name is Jumpin' Jane. As always, I sit across from the man who is running wild with things like 90s wrestling con ispw the misfit market masters of your memories the rock and wrestling collector and of course 80s wrestling con i'm talking about the con father himself tommy fiero tommy good morning brother what is going on all around the room i can't believe you come on here you get the fucking balls 40, the 40 years. Oh, you come to my phone back. Hello? It's hey, Tommy. Tommy. Good morning, brother. Jumpin' Jay. Good morning. Welcome to another episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, celebrating the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania. I knew, Jumpin' Jay, that the second I laid eyes on Hulk Hogan as a child, that I was going to fall in love with professional wrestling forever. Sorry about Tommy Sheik there. He got a little upset when you uh, when you brought up that today's topic would be the celebration of the uh, – it was supposed to be 40 years of Hulkamania, but you, the way you said 40 years of him beating the Iron Sheik for the title, I think that Sheik, Tommy Sheik woke up. He got a little uh, upset. So sorry about that. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to uh, talk about uh, today's topic. Obviously, we've covered Hulk Hogan on a, on a few different episodes of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, throughout the years, and – Anyone out there that is uh, joining us that maybe didn't listen from the beginning, you can go back on any uh, podcast platform app and just type in 80s wrestling and we'll come right up and you can listen to all the past episodes. So we, we, we talked about it, but I mean, you could, this is just a topic, Jay, and I'm sure that you agree with me that we could probably talk about if we really had to, if we had a gun to our head, me and you could probably sit here for 24 hours nonstop and talk about all the legacies and memories and moments and stories and interviews and things that Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania have done over the past 40 years. You know, it's interesting, Tommy, because I was a child. I was a pro wrestling fan when Hulkamania was absolutely running wild. And he by far was my favorite pro wrestler. He was my childhood hero. He was, you know, some people love, uh, baseball players or football players, but Hogan is the thing that I connected with as a child and made me fall in love with pro wrestling. And so, yeah, he's probably my favorite thing to talk about when it comes to the squared circle. And I'll be honest with you, Tommy, if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan and for Hulkamania capturing my attention as a young man, who knows if I would have fallen in love uh, with pro wrestling and had that uh, love for it all these years later. And so, yeah, he was a huge part of my childhood, a huge part of the reason I love professional wrestling. And I'm excited to talk about the 40th anniversary of him beating the Iron Sheik. I know it's a tough, touchy subject on your end of the microphone with uh, Tommy Sheik within earshot. But uh, great topic today, and I'm excited to get into it, brother. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that we should probably start off right where you said springing into that first match he had with the Iron Sheik for the title. He had just come in, he just had just come off of his, Rocky three movie, right? So I think that between that and then obviously once he beat Sheik for the title and the whole rock and wrestling connection took off that, that was, you know, he was off to the races, but Rocky three, that movie that he was in, I really, yeah, like you said, I really believe that 
springboarded him into becoming uh, Hulkamania and him being on the uh, him being on the, uh, the the top of the list of who Vince McMahon wanted to build his company around. I'm very curious uh, to see where or what would have happened to the wrestling business had Hulk Hogan not been in that Rocky Three movie. Now, obviously, he was in AWA and he was also in WWE in the early 80s, but I'm, I'm wondering if it wasn't for the fact that he gained mainstream notoriety first from that movie, if it would have still catapulted the idea in Vince McMahon's head to make Hulk Hogan the front and center of his promotion going uh, worldwide. And uh, you, do you think that things could have possibly have changed? Uh, I guess that's a good way, good way to start the topic today. Had he not been in that Rocky Three movie, would that have happened, you think, with Hulk Hogan and the Iron Sheik? I wonder if that Hulk Hogan was in uh, Vince's brain prior to uh, that uh, Rocky Three movie. You know, that's a very good question. We know that Vince Jr., Vincent K. McMahon, had this idea that wrestling could be large-scale, mass appeal, nationwide, take over the world – but he knew he needed that hook. He knew he needed that star. And I got to believe, I mean, Hogan's having success in the AWA. You could argue Hulkamania was around in the AWA. But it was that role in that movie. Because Sylvester Stallone, one of the biggest Hollywood stars at the time. Rocky III, one of the biggest box office movies of the time. And here you have a pro wrestler who they cast in a very good light in that movie. They made him look larger than life. He manhandled uh, Sylvester Stallone in that movie. And so you got to think, seeing that on the big screen, that's what made Vince McMahon go, that's my guy. I got to bring him back. I got to hitch our wig into him. He's going to be the guy that takes us to the next level. If it wasn't for that movie, would Vince McMahon have picked Hogan as the guy? Maybe. But I think that movie definitely helped, Tommy. I think you raise an excellent point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and like we talked about on last week's episode, I I'm really would love to see, and I know this is getting off the topic. Well, not really, not really. But if they did a full-fledged movie on the life of Paul Kogan, talking about the success of movies, right, with, with the the, uh, the Von Erichs, well, that was that's in the theaters right now. Can you imagine if they did, I, I know they've done biographies and stuff like that in the past, but like someone playing him and it was a full-fledged, movie called Hulkamania in the movie theaters. And I think that would be tremendous. He's a household name that everyone knows. And I really believe if it was the right story, I think they could do some big numbers in the box office on, on a movie of his life. You know, I know there's been rumblings that they're going to do a Hulk Hogan uh, movie. And uh, the actor that plays Thor, what's his name, Chris, somebody or another, I should know that. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, no, I've, I've heard, I've heard of those rumblings yeah. throughout the years. Right? Not, not, nothing seems to be concrete a hundred percent in that. Right. But I think that uh, if, or when it does happen, I, I think that it will be big numbers. I mean, if the Von Erich movie is doing the numbers it's doing and no disrespect to the Von Erich family or, or the story, but I mean, Hulkamania and Hulk Hogan's a household name. So I really think that, uh, I really think that the story itself would, would do good. I think that it would do good numbers in the, in the box office. I really, I really do. Well, I hope someday we get to find out. But right now, we're going to check in with some callers because you mentioned Hulk Hogan and the rock and wrestling slam line gets filled up pretty quick, Tommy. So we're going to jump into the calls and we're going to celebrate our favorite memories and moments from the run that was Hulkamania. We're going to check in first with the walking encyclopedia, Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, sir. Welcome to the celebration. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Hope you guys are doing well and uh, staying warm. It's, uh, yeah, I, I saw a picture of the rock and wrestling collector that Tommy posted uh, yesterday or day before on social media, and there was a lot of snow, but the rock and wrestling collector is still open, and I'm sure you've got a lot of snow in Minnesota, Jay. You know, we don't have a lot of snow. We have not a lot of snow at all, but we have freezing temperatures. It is so cold. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, old men in Minnesota always oh, yeah. say you can't shovel the cold. And so maybe we'd like a little more snow because maybe that would mean the temperature would be just a little bit warmer. Yep. The uh, the, the birth of Hulkamania, you know, it's something that uh, uh, inspired 
wrestling fans, uh, and Vince McMahon was so smart with the uh, the the build around it. So not just uh, bringing over Hulk from from the popularity of Rocky Three being out there for a little over oh, about a year and a half in the in the public's consciousness, but also that song was huge. The Eye of the Tiger. Um, my high school mascot was the the Tigers, and I, I graduated in '93, and we were still playing Eye of the Tiger on the on the way to all of our uh, sporting events, soccer games, track matches. I'm sure they're doing for football. It was it was something that that really got the blood pumping and got everybody uh, enthused about uh, what they were about to do. So at the beginning of Hulkamania, that of course was the song that that launched with him when he arrived. It was something where Vince didn't just bring over Hulk Hogan. He signed a huge amount of free agents. It was kind of like the USFL getting Reggie White and Steve Young and trying to build out of these superstars where Vince going national, he got, you know, at the very end of December 1983, he brought over um, Gene Okerlund. He brought over uh, another announcer uh, to to change the, the sound of the product and Lord Alfred Hayes. He brought over David Schultz, Paul Orndorff. He, uh, the uh, Adrian Adonis and Dick Burdock and the uh, the tag team scene came came over to WWF. Um, Roddy Piper. It, it was somewhere the whole product uh, transitioned and changed into something that was bigger and better than it, uh, uh, more star power than he'd ever had before. And and supporting Hulk with that new cast of stars. It wasn't just that he was going to come in and face. Uh, Don Morocco and and the guys that had been there, um, and even Bob Backlund helped to launch it. I think the very first appearance he made, Hogan uh, saved Backlund from the Wild Samoans. So if you had fans older than us that were watching Hogan as a villain uh, from 79 to 81 under Fred Blassie, and they see him come in, they're like, wait a second, that's the guy that fought Andre at Shea. Uh, it's something where he came in and rescued uh, Bob Backlund, and Bob Backlund said, hey, he's He's changed his ways. He's here to uh, – uh, he's not with Blassie anymore. So uh, Backlund even gave Hogan the rub. So it was something where uh, the, the nation off of the uh, the huge success of Rocky III, and, and when you look at Hogan towering over Rocky, uh, there's pictures you can see online where Hogan's actually standing on a little platform where it's not just that he's – you know, five, six inches taller than Rocky. He's he's like a foot taller than Rocky because of the little platform he's standing on when they're facing off uh, before the, the match begins that, of course, you can't see in the camera angle. But he's just this larger-than-life character with a year and a half of momentum of the movie and with that song that uh, went for years and years of, of getting people's uh, adrenaline pumped up. and uh, And they're smart enough to to switch Sergeant Slaughter to Babyface uh, the day after Hulkamania uh, started as far as WWF. Another Babyface in there along with Andre and Snuka so that at the top of the card you got Hogan, Andre, and Snuka fighting all these new villains and all the old villains. Um, Just an amazing time in wrestling that really launched the WWF and put them ahead of everybody else instantly at uh, at the beginning of rock and wrestling, January 1984. That's why we call you the encyclopedia, Babyface Brian. You know all the inside information. I love it. Brian's actually the guy, Tommy, that uh, texted this topic into the show and let us know that this anniversary was coming up. So, Brian, thank you for that. Um, Listen, we, we could go on and on about Hogan and the AWA and his transfer to the WF. And like you said, the, the amount of people that came along with that and really changed the game as far as professional wrestling and really set the World Wrestling Federation on their mediocre, uh, media, media, mediocre, meteoric rise and take over the world of professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Vern Gagne hey, hey. just dropped the ball. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get headlines uh, later today and on every major wrestling uh, website that you know Tommy Fiero and his and his partner Jumpin' Jay said that Hulk Hogan's forty year uh, run was mediocre. So so. Everyone's gonna and then everyone's gonna say fuck you. We're not going eighties wrestling con now and it's gonna be me you and Babyface Brian sitting in the center of the ring uh, twiddling our thumbs. Real quick, uh, well you got, oh, you got yeah, Brian, if you do plan on come the 80s wrestling con this year and anyone out there that's on hold right now or listening that uh, usually does come. I know a lot of our listeners 
come to 80s Wrestling Con. Uh, I uh, tell Jumpin' Jay, we are going to be doing a live episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, live at 80s Wrestling Con, including me, Jumpin' Jay. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to find out a way to get a half hour uh, of, of uh, downtime some way, somehow, even not to uh, let someone else stare to ship for a half hour. And I'm going to take center stage with you, and we are going to talk about Pro Wrestling Magazines of the 80s with Bill After and George Napolitano live at 80s Wrestling Con. I am super pumped for this. And any of our regular listeners that call in that are going to be there, and that includes Danny from Butler, includes you, Brian, Toad with Tom, Matt from Boston, all our regular, uh, the firefighter Brian, all our regular listeners they're going to be there. They'll take part in the panel as well and be able to personally ask Bill Apter and George Napolitano questions uh, before anyone else does uh, at Ages Wrestling Times. I'm really excited. Me and Jumpin' Jay will be tag teaming up uh, on May the 4th. Man, I'm super excited for you guys. you got a huge lineup of talent. you got Jake the Snake Roberts, Demolition, Powers of Pain. Uh, you've got the Four Horsemen uh, tribute that you got going on. I just saw you're doing a Lifetime Achievement Award for the Road Warriors. Uh, it couldn't be more packed, and I know that uh, I'm sure you'll be adding more talent as we go uh, closer and closer to the event. And I know you've even got a photo op inside a steel cage, so you've got uh, just tons of cool stuff going on. I don't know yet that I'll be able to make it, but I, I know it's going to be a huge success, just like anything you do, Tommy. So I'm real excited for you. Thanks, man. And we got a ton of people on hold right now to talk about the 40-year anniversary of Hulk Hogan. Faith-based Brian, I hope that you and your uh, family have a great weekend, and we look forward to catching you next week here on the podcast. Hey, you, you guys as well, and uh, go Niners. I'm hoping for number six this year. So you guys have a great rest of the show, and uh, take care, my friends. You, you too, too man. Brian. Thank you so much. Like you said, Tommy, the, the slam line is packed and stacked, and so we're going to get some more callers right now. Time to check in with Matt from Boston. Matt, good morning to you. Welcome to the celebration of Hulkamania. Just when I think I can't get more excited about 80s Wrestling Con, you go and do something like this, Tommy. A magazine panel? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, oh, yeah, magazines awesome, were man. everything, everything to me in the 80s. Um, I know, man. I'm super I, excited about it. First time, listen, by the way, Matt, first time ever. I, talk, I talked to Bill the other night. Uh, Bill told me to make sure I mentioned everyone. This is the first time ever that him and George Napolitano have ever done anything together, which is really special. I'm really, really, really excited for this. That's that's amazing. That's I just am totally psyched at the, that addition, along with all the, everything else that I, it feels like every day you're announcing something new. So, you know, the, the excitement is, is building and crescendoing for sure. So psyched to be able to get down there in a few months. So um, Hulkamania, you know, I don't think my, I don't think my story is any different than, than anybody else in my age group. I was a little Hulkamaniac, you know, before I was a, you know, before I was a Matt from Boston, I was a little Matty from upstate New York, a little Hulkamaniac like everybody else. And, you know, late 86 is when it all kind of changed for me. And Hulkamania was pumping through my veins um, for a number of years. I, I find, the, Tom, your, your, your question earlier about the Rocky movie, I find that really interesting because if you, um, if you look at the timeline, like if we, if we take that you know, the butterfly effect, so to speak, and, and he doesn't do Rocky. Well, at the time, and, and you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, and the, the, the walking encyclopedia, feel free to correct me on this one as well, but he was working for Vince Sr. at the time, and he wanted to do Rocky, and Vince Sr. said, no, you're a wrestler, you're not a, you're not a Hollywood star. So he said, fine, then I'm done, with, I'm done with the WWF, does the movie, goes to AWA, has his run, has the dusty finish title win um, against Bockwinkle, and then you know everything else unfolds the way it, the way it did. But if he doesn't if he doesn't get tapped for that movie, does he go to the AWA? Does he have that run where he's really a top star and he's proven he can be a top star? And Vince Jr. says I got to have him. It's a fascinating it's a fascinating what if um, for sure. Uh, does he just stay in the WWF as a heel? Does, does, does he ever go babyface? I mean, I mean the, the possibilities are endless, but um, my goodness, 
what a what a what a fascinating you know thing to play out in your head as to as to what could happen. I ultimately think it would have played out the same. I think we would have gotten there anyway. Um, but the fun part is, you know, everyone can can have their opinion and 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 chime in with why they think it would go one way or the other. I mean, I'd I'd love to you know quickly understand or you know ask you guys if he didn't show up in the Rocky movie, you think it would have ended up the way it did anyway? They would have gotten there, or do you think it could have been completely different? Man, it's a it's a very good question that you, you go, pose, you Matt, first, because it's yeah. very challenging. I, I mean, try and answer it first. Yeah, I would love. I mean, the the part of me that's a diehard Hulkamaniac would love to agree with Matt and say we would have gotten there anyway. But I honestly don't know if we would have gotten there if he never goes and makes that movie. He never goes to the AWA. He never has his baby face run there, which must have shown Vince Kennedy McMahon that, you know, this guy can make it as a baby face. So let's bring him back as a baby face. Would they have tried to just push him in the WWF as a monster heel and gone with Snuka as their baby face, you know, face of the company? It's a very interesting thing. I, I hesitate to say we would have got there anyway. I think maybe we would have got a different version of Hogan. Maybe we would have landed in some weird version of the Hollywood Hogan earlier. Maybe he would have just become the most hated heel of the eighties. Who's who knows? All right. I'll play, wow. and I'll play armchair and I'll, and I'll play armchair booker with both of you guys real quick. So say Hulk Hogan was out of the equation at that time and WWF was just about to go national with Vince Jr. Taking over, uh, going into the, and just say still that that whole rock and wrestling thing was still going to happen. Uh, with or without Hulk Hogan involved in it, who then uh, either that was there at the time, because it's not going to be Bob Backlund, uh, who, who, who at that time you think would have been the next face of the WWE? Was it Jimmy Superfly Snuka? Was, and, and may, I, may I beg to, 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 to bring up, uh, and this is me as a promoter saying this, and it, and it obviously wasn't in, in, intentionally done, but could, and this is going to be a, a good topic of conversation now, could have the instant popularity of Hulkamania cut the legs from underneath Jimmy Superfly Snuka? Because at the time, if you think about it, Jimmy was, Jimmy, excuse me, sorry about that. Jimmy was red hot. Uh, Jimmy was having those cage matches. Jimmy was, you know, he was super popular with the, with the fans. So was the addition of Hulk Hogan, did it knock Jimmy down the uh, ladder? Because if you remember the first WrestleMania, I mean, Jimmy was super red hot at that time, and he was just in the corner of Hulk Hogan for that match with Bob Orton in the other corner. Now, now I I bring up a question. Was Snuka in Hogan's corner? Because, you know, Snuka was kind of like, you know, could have been his spot. He was right up there at the time, and then Hogan came along. Was it that, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it was, why the, the they, they went with the idea of, of Snuka and Orton in the corners, which was great and it worked out awesome. But I wonder if Snuka would have rose any higher if it wasn't for Hulkamania coming along. What do you guys think? Well, I'll jump in. I, I think that's, a, I think that's an interesting um, line of thought there. So, so, I would tend to think if if it didn't end up the if we didn't get there anyway with Hogan if that just never happens I don't know that you have a flag bearer like Hogan I I think I think it probably rotates maybe a little bit I I think what's so unique about how how it actually happened was Hogan was unequivocally the man for years and years and years and the face you know from a marketing perspective you know, you slap you slap the Hulkamania logo on anything, and you're going to sell millions of them at that time. Um, but I wonder, Snuka, maybe for maybe for a little run, maybe a maybe a babyface Orndorff for a little run, maybe. May, I I I think I don't know that anyone. It's just you know it just fit. It's just the the timing. You know, like life, right? The timing is just was just perfect for that guy in that moment and that company and that vision. It, it just everything aligned, and if you take him out, yeah, someone else probably could do it, but but it'd be hard for me to say someone could go 
84, 85, 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, you know, a good six, seven-year run where you are the man, man, that's a that's tough shoes to fill for one one person. You know, and, and maybe it would have gone another way. You know, the, the blueprint for wrestling at the time, at least outside of the WWF, was to have kind of this heel champion and have babyface chases. So maybe we still would have got Hulk Hogan the champion, but maybe he just would have been a villainous champion. And then we would have saw babyface after babyface try to take the spot from him. Or maybe we could have had the same villainous champion, but a Piper champion with babyfaces chasing. Or maybe they would have flipped Piper and made him the babyface of the company as well. I guess lots of things could have taken place um, if we didn't get the Hulkamania run that we got. That's a very interesting question, Matt. Jay, did you did you just do you just connected Hogan being in Rocky Three to the entire philosophical approach to Vince Jr.'s WWF babyface champion? If that doesn't happen, maybe that whole philosophy of of having the babyface champion and the heels chasing never even happened because it's been proven to be the reverse in so many other territories. I, wow, that's that's really interesting. The multiverse yeah, of professional wrestling. That's why that's oh. why Jeff and Jay's the host and not me, Matt. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping Jay's co-host. That's awesome. That's um, yeah. That's yeah. The 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 permutations of this are are incredible. All right, boys. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna let some other people chime in. Have a great day. Thank you very much as always. Hey, you too, Matt. Thank All you so right, much brother, for calling thanks, in and and making us use our brains this morning. Yeah. Listen, I for one am very thankful that things went the way they did and we are able to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania this morning. And we'll continue to do so by checking in with some more callers. It's time to go to the firehouse and connect with firefighter Brian, who I know is a diehard Hulkamaniac through and through. Brian, good morning, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very good well, morning. How are you? Yourself? Oh, I'm doing a lot better now that I'm on with you guys. Uh, you know, but, well, first of all, let me just uh, say quick, uh, for the first time in a while, I just wasn't able to call in last week, but I heard the the show, very good show, and all I'm going to say about last week's episode is, Toto with Tom, for all the trash you talk and you come on here with a call like that, don't ever criticize somebody <laughs> else's call again. That's all I got to say about that. Now, um, and just before I get to Hogan, let me just say quick, I don't know... I know a lot of the people in this community, if you will, ISPW, Rock and Wrestling, this show, um, watch any of today's wrestling. Uh, or if you don't, try to uh, try to uh, get your hands on uh, last night's uh, AEW segment with Mark Briscoe. Um, absolutely amazing. And a situation like it, believe it or not, it's been a year since, um, since Jay Briscoe uh, left us, and um, the perfect commemoration last night, and it was just, um, if you weren't on your feet clapping after that segment, I just don't know if you're a human being or not. So, um, yeah, another a, a good, for all AEW's going through right now, um, they really hit a grand slam home run in the bottom of the ninth of the Game seven of the World Series with, uh, you know, down by three. So uh, great job by them last night. And, um, you know, you know, as far as uh, Hogan goes, you know, 40th anniversary of Hulkamania uh, makes me wonder that WWE hasn't had any big, uh, you know, uh, special or commemoration on Peacock or on Raw or whatever, because uh, this is a big moment. I mean, you know, Hulkamania, you know, transcended and changed wrestling forever. I mean, there's, I mean, with the exception of Vince McMahon, I don't know if there's a more influential figure in the history of wrestling than Hulk Hogan. And um, <clears throat> I'll just share a special moment. That I think you'll appreciate this, Tommy. I think I told you this, Jay. Uh, by the way, Jay, when you can, Send Tommy that picture I sent, that Hogan picture I sent you yesterday. Uh, Tommy, uh, Hal Haney, who's a very talented artist, he does uh, wrestling uh, paintings all the time, like collages of wrestlers. He did one with Hogan back to the, you know, to the canvas 
with all his opponents over the years, from WWF, WCW, AWA, even as Stan Hansen from No Holds Barred. So uh, he left no stone untouched. It's a terrific painting. And um, so, yeah, it's been Jay that last night. I thought that was pretty cool. But um, I actually want well, listen real quick, Brian, as, as you're sure. talking, Jay just texted it to me. I've seen this picture before. This is really, really, really awesome. And by the way, oh, yeah. uh, Hill, yeah, Hill, I'm, I'm very familiar with his work, and I believe that he is going to be a part of 90s Wrestling Con this summer uh, in Atlantic City, New Jersey, when we have it this summer. I believe he's going to be there. i got to confirm with him. But, yeah, I'm very familiar with his work. He's awesome. Isn't he terrific? And uh, he did, he actually did one of all Hulk Hogan, all Hulk Hogan's uh, looks and personalities over the years, you know, from the fist helmet, to pasta mania, to everything, but to the Old Spice commercial. So, uh, and, and, you know, that, uh, <laughs> Tommy, you should tell him to do a painting of all of us, the uh, 80s wrestling, the podcast uh, painting. But uh, Rice P- PW wrestlers or whatever. I don't care how much it costs you, Tommy. But um, so. Uh, hey, listen, all, all, I, all I need. All I need for you to do is come back in the store and buy some more LJNs, and I have the money to get that painting, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, but you, you might have enough to pay them after that. You might. But, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Tommy, Tommy, I'll offer you $100 for every LJN you have in the store. <laughs> uh, $100 no, hundred dollars for the whole store. Yeah, $100 for the whole house. Tommy, I'll eat and drink in your house with my feet on the table and offer you $50 for everything in the store, including the arcade game. <laughs> so, hey, listen, man, you're, right. you're, always, you're, you're always welcome at my table, even though that Jeff and Jay is the head of the table. Listen, Jeff and Jay is the head of the table for 80s Wrestling, the podcast. I know my role. I know Jay's the Roman Reigns of the show. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you're welcome to sit at our table anytime. Uh, but right, and right back at you, my friend. Except in my house, I'm the, me and my wife are the head of the – people sit there. My father-in-law sat there once, and it broke my heart. I said, Frank, these are our seats, babe. And he was fine with it. But <laughs> absolutely, listen, the feeling's mutual. I, I love this show, and I love all of you guys. You know that. But uh, um, So with, with Hogan, okay, Um you know, uh, he, back in 2013, a friend of mine sent me a link. Hogan was going to be doing an, a, a, an appearance at the, the mall here. And um, I'm thinking to myself, it cost me an arm and a leg and everything in between. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, I had two childhood heroes growing up. Uh, one was Gary Carter, the catcher of the Mets. I'm a lifelong Mets fan. Um, I grew up idolizing him. I was a catcher. Um, I still have uh, the name and number, the jersey, the Gary Carter jersey that I got, you know, in about 86. Um, back when, you know, they didn't sell them off the rack like at Models. You know, you have to, you had to get them embroidered, wait about 45 minutes to an hour and pay per letter. Um, still have that. I still have my WrestleMania 2 t-shirt from when I was there. And then in 85, my, uh, my other childhood hero was Hulk Hogan. And um, I'm thinking, Gary Carter, unfortunately, died before I could meet him. This is my opportunity to meet at least one of my childhood heroes. And like I said, it cost me a fortune, but it was worth every penny because I brought the Hulkamania T-shirt that I got at my first show in 85, 86, something like that, at at, uh, Nassau Coliseum. And, you know, the original, you know, red shirt with the yellow Hulkamania logo. And when I put it on the table for him to sign, he looked at it and he said, wow, I haven't seen that shirt, this shirt in years. Jimmy Hart was there and he said, Jimmy, look at this shirt. I can't believe he has this. And he shook my hand again. And then with the picture, you know, I stood next to him. I put my hand on his shoulder and um, it was just an amazing moment. And he's uh, just, um, there's very few people who've done anywhere near as much as he has. And I, I would, you know, you guys brought up kind of an interesting idea for a topic one week last week. You know, the Von Erichs had the movie out. Um, what else would make a good movie? Um, they, but, yes, there's been talks about a Hogan biopic. 
I would be excited about that. The thing is, biopics, you know, how much can you tell in an hour and a half, two hours? I would rather see, you know, like what they did with uh, the Michael Jordan doc on ESPN, like 10 parts. I'd rather see something like that because can you even cover everything Hogan in 10 parts? I mean, they, <laughs> that's how Haney painting I was telling you about with all Hogan's stages in his career. So he's um, – but I'll just end with, you know, uh, Matt from Boston brought up an excellent point. Um, I'll say, I think the reason Hogan left a, uh, WWE after the first run, WA, was because uh, I, I think there was a difference between McMahon Sr. and McMahon Jr. They each had different ways of looking at the product and marketing it. And I think after the senior sold to junior, junior saw Hogan as this is the guy I want to build my my product around. And back in the before the network, there was that WWE 24/7 on demand, and they had that wrestling that round table. Uh, I forget what it was, I think it was called Legends of Wrestling. They'd have round tables, and they did one on Hogan. And Gene, Oker, uh, Gene Okerlund asked Pat Patterson, because they didn't want WrestleMania, rather, did the WWF make Hogan or did Hogan make the WWF? And Pat Patterson even said, I think one hand washed the other. You can make a case for both. Who, who's, who knows if we would be where we are. Wrestling, say what you will about today's product, okay, but commercially, more lucrative and... It's it's never been where it is now. Whoever would have thought wrestling would be featured on ESPN, Sports Illustrated, every publication you can think of, okay? It's all over the place. So, you know, who, it very a lot of it started with Hulk Hogan. I mean, I don't think you could have a Mount Rushmore wrestling without Hogan. So I hope, uh, you know, WWF does something about it and uh, – you know, before I go, what do you what do you guys think? Well, if I'm being completely honest, it pains me to say this, but you know, you mentioned earlier in the call that you're surprised WWE hasn't done something, put something out on the Peacock, done something on a Monday Night Raw, and maybe they still will this coming Monday, as it's the day before uh, this anniversary of his match with the Iron Sheik. But it pains me to say this: Do you guys think that maybe the newer fans? or the newer wrestling fans don't appreciate Hulk Hogan the way that we did, because a, we lived through Hulkamania. I mean that we saw the boom that he brought and honestly, his life has had some turmoil in the past few years. And so maybe he lost a little bit of that shine. Do you think that the WWE is hesitant to do something on screen with him? Uh, not knowing the temperature of the room with today's fans. Cause I know they released some, um, collectible figures, some Target exclusive, things like that, but they haven't done anything on their programming. Do you think it has something to do with how modern-day fans view Hulk Hogan? I would say I would say possibly, but here's the thing. Uh, just a couple of years ago, remember, he was the, uh, the host of WrestleMania, and that was after all that stuff happened. I mean, that, and, and I mean obviously, WrestleMania is the largest – stage of them all for WWE. So if they were willing and able to have him at that WrestleMania, now if you, if you go back and, and, and watch that, that's the one where it was him and Titus O'Neil. You know, H- Hogan didn't get that tremendous, crazy monster pop reaction that you would think someone of Hulk Hogan's magnitude would. So is it possible that, you know, if, if the biggest stage of the, wor- uh, of, of the world for them with people from all over the country in the same arena – and that's kind of like the global reaction for Hulk Hogan. Maybe, maybe I'm just I'm trying to think out loud of what possibly could have happened because if they, they if they didn't want to do business with Hogan on screen, right, they wouldn't have brought him back for that WrestleMania. So maybe due to the reaction that he got, and you would have to you'd have to say that that's a global reaction, right? Because people from literally all around the world go to WrestleMania every year. Uh, maybe they didn't like that reaction. Maybe they were surprised by that reaction. I don't know, but 
I, I, if I was WWE, uh, Hulk Hogan has to be on Monday Night Raw this Monday, the eve before his 40th celebration. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of out of loop right now. I don't know if they announced he was going to be there or if they're doing anything on him. Uh, please let me know, Brian, if you know that. But I, I think that if Hogan's not on Monday Night Raw this Monday, I think that right there will show you uh, the future between the WWE and, and Hulk Hogan. Because, yeah, they, they have all the merchandise, lots of stuff, but Hogan has to be on Monday Night Raw Monday Night. I'd be disappointed if he wasn't on there. You know, Tommy, if I remember right, and I could be misremembering, but I think that WrestleMania where he came out with Taylor Sunil, I think he got booed pretty good. I don't, I don't think it was a lack yeah, was, of, like, cheering. I was trying to be polite by saying, <laughs> yeah, he didn't get yeah. that great of a reaction at all. And so I think, yeah, I, I, so I'm wondering if today's fans just don't appreciate Hulk Hogan the way that we do because we have all the nostalgia built into it. If you don't have that with him, maybe you view him differently. What do you think, uh, Firefighter Brian? Uh, you know, you bring up a good point. Well, I remember that WrestleMania where he and Titus posted together. And, I, it, you know, he did not get booed at all. However, um, the uh, – it just it just did not work because I thought the material was better. I mean, Hogan sharing the stage with somebody, and uh, and Titus O'Neil, you know it's it's sad. You know Titus O'Neil, Jinder Mahal, uh, JBL, um, Alexa Bliss, Carmella. These are people that can make make great managers, and they refuse to give managers a whirl again. It just um, just just depresses me to no end. But um, as far as, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, it's it's true. Unfortunately, the people that, you know, grew up with Hogan, grew up idolizing Hogan, they're not filling the seats and buying the merchandise. You know, the younger people are who weren't even born during, probably not born when he came back to the WWF in 02 or whatever it was. You know, so you know, let me, let me. Let me jump in real quick again, real quick. Only because when you said uh, you guys both said maybe today's generation doesn't appreciate Hulk Hogan. I'm going to tell you just from experience of being at the wrestling store every day. So when dads bring their, their kids in, and these kids are six, seven, eight years old, ten years old, and I ask them, and, and, and Jay, I, I believe that you were here one time when I asked kids too, uh, they say Hulk Hogan. And these are kids that obviously they weren't even born when Hulk Hogan was doing his thing, but through YouTube and Peacock, you know, he, he lists reps. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, it's, it's a really touchy subject. It's a weird subject. I don't know. What, what do you think? You guys think he should be there Monday? I think he should be. And, and I'm going to go on a limb and say he's going to be. How about you guys? Well, to my knowledge, Jay, uh, Tommy, rather, he, he, there's been no announcement or anything. You know, there's a chance there could be a surprise. I doubt it. I mean, it is a, it is rumble season. You know, it's the go-home show to uh, – no, excuse me, is it? Um, yes, it's yeah, the it go-home to the, to the Royal Rumble. Um, but that is something that you make an exception for. Um, you know, again, there should be something, whether it be something on Peacock or whatever. You know, I mean, listen, he's been around a lot, but yeah, it could be your know, 40th anniversary. That's it's important. Not okay. Not that I'm, not that I'm comparing one to the other. I'm it'd be comparing apples to mashed potatoes. Okay, but after, and I know this may be a sensitive situation situation for some people keep in mind i'm a firefighter okay after september 11th everybody a lot of people wanted them to just rebuild the towers like nothing happened and people said we we have to have a memorial we can't forget that this happened okay now again i'm not comparing hulkamania to september 11th i mean come on i don't have a death wish here okay the thing we can't forget Hulkamania. In the, in the history of wrestling, we can't forget Hulkamania. Hulkamania changed wrestling forever. So I think there should be something commemorating it. So what do you think, Jay? Yeah, I think you have to do something, but I'm nervous. I want Hogan there, but I don't want Hogan to get booed. And so, yeah, hopefully hopefully well, they do something. We'll, we'll just have to see what well, happens. Why Let do me you know. think he would get, why do you Listen, think he he'd got, get booed? He got booed at WrestleMania. He got booed at the 30th anniversary of Raw. I just think today's fans don't have the appreciation uh, for Hogan. 
like we do. And so I, I fear that if he does show up on Monday Night Raw, it won't be the reaction that we would like him to get, if I'm being honest. It pains me to say it, but I just think that's the way it would go. It, it, it is, it's an interesting topic. I don't know where Raw is this week. I think that ha- has something to do with the decision. Um, I don't know why, you know, he got he got booed. You know, I know, understand he was, he's been through the ringer many times in his career. I think the Warriors, the only wrestler who's been through the ringer more than him. But, um, but yet, uh, yet, and, you know, years ago, you know, he made those comments that got him off the website, everything WWE for a while. Yeah. Um, it was a while before they welcomed him back. So, but again, that was a while ago. So, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it is sad when you hear you hear him get booed or whatever. But you know, hopefully they'll do something or make some. Even if they just do a video, you know, we can't forget that that happened. So uh, with that, listen, I have been on a while. I'm sure you got some other callers, guys. Always good to talk to you guys. This was a really good discussion, and I will hopefully talk to you guys next Thursday. All right. Sounds care, good, man. Brian. Thank you so much for weighing in. Yeah, lots to talk about as we cover the 40th anniversary of Hogan beating the Iron Sheik for his first WWF title run. Up next, we're going north of the border, the real Canadian. We're talking about David from Canada. David, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Good morning, sir. sir. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, considering the, the weather and the snow. It's about, I'd say, about 12 degrees up here right now. Oof. Cold so I don't know how that compares to where you are, Jay, but it's it's cold here too. Yeah, we're we're sitting at about I think six below right now, but yeah, the whole North America is going cold. So uh, yeah, so Hulk Hogan, like I feel this is one of those things. Like I was a huge as a kid, like he was my favorite wrestler. I had the Hulk toys. I had like others to Hulk stuff that disappeared. I don't know where it went to, you know. Uh, my brother actually for Halloween one year was um, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, so it like passed from like there's seven years between my brother and I, so he actually picked it up kind of too. Um, also wanted to mention since uh, Babyface Brian brought it up, I also went to a high school where the uh, Tigers were the mascot, and I graduated in the early 2000s, and they were still playing that theme for like our pep rallies and and you know football games and stuff. But uh, for for Hulk Hogan, like he was, he, that was he was the guy, you know, and and that's what got me into wrestling in my sort of first iteration of being a fan, and you know, then watching some of the movies, you know, like I don't, I definitely didn't see Rocky Three when it first came out, but the first time I saw Rocky Three, like I knew, you know, who Hulk Hogan was, and to see him in that, and then to see him in other stuff, and then I know I've told the story on my on the podcast before about my dad meeting him. Uh, on a movie shoot in Vancouver, just happened to go up like a gondola onto a mountain, and then you know Hulk Hogan gets on, um, which is pretty cool. And he was so he was so you know gracious in in taking pictures with uh, my dad and the students he was with and all that. So that's a positive memory. And then just the, David, David, were you were you there also, or just just your dad? No, I wasn't. I was uh, I was in high school at the time, but uh, my dad was teaching at another high school, so I did not go on that trip. But I wish I wish I had, and I keep telling my dad. I say I've seen the picture. I was like, find the picture. Like, where is it? It's somewhere in the basement. Like, I need to see this picture again. Because I, if I ever find it, I'll uh, I'll scan it and I'll send it to you, Tommy. Yeah, I would uh, say if, you, if you find it, please. I would love to post that on our '80s wrestling social media page. That'd be really cool. Yeah, if I find it for sure, uh, absolutely, I'll do that. Uh, you know, and then like I remember watching like uh, Superstars on Saturday morning and always looking for. I never loved the show. Because, you know, it was always enhancement talent. I wanted to see the guys fight the big guys, although obviously they did that at pay-per-view at the time. But I was always looking forward to, you know, whenever I would see the Hogan match. That was always the one that I would look forward to the most. But I feel like it's also, you know, I also have that side of me that's like, you know, you have these childhood memories and then they get, I guess, clouded, if you will, as, as an adult. Like they did with, you know, when you find out like who maybe the warrior really was. Or the fact that you know when Hulk Hogan made those those extremely racist comments, and you know I feel like he's never like I don't know what's in his heart, but I feel like he's never really atoned for that. Like you know his his comment to the locker room 
at when WWE brought them back was like, you know, you got to be careful, you know, where you say things because I might catch you, as opposed to like, I know what I said was wrong and here's why, you know. Um, and I just, I just hope, I hope for everybody in wrestling that maybe there's a moment, uh, sometime in the future where where the healing for that can really happen between the people that it needs to. Yeah, yeah, it's I do, interesting, I do David. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's coming out about Hulk Hogan you hear a lot online is that people think he fabricates a lot of wrestling history or maybe makes up stories. And so I just think there's a lot of judgment around Hogan. And if you grew up like I did as a Hulkamaniac, it's tough to kind of balance those things in your brain. Let me tell you. For sure. And I, I, feel, I don't know. Like the, 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 the embellishing stories and what never really gets me too much because it's like it's, like with kayfabe, like everybody, he's not the only one who's done that or will do that, you know. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say also if listen, if Hulk Hogan told me he slammed King Kong, guess what? Hulk Hogan slammed King <laughs> Kong. That's it. Yeah, it's just like you know that, that's like every time he talks about slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three, he gets heavier. You know, first he was 500 pounds, and now it's like he was 700, and, and it's like, okay, okay, whatever. We saw the moment, we enjoyed it, and I, I don't really care how much he weighed or didn't weigh. It was still amazing. Exactly. I know. So, so yeah, but I still have my uh, my Hasbro, um, you know, with the with the with the squeeze move. I still have that figure. And, uh, you know, like in my autograph, my art autographs, um, you know, I, I have the Hogan one too, so... Oh, that's fantastic. You sent one of your drawings down to Hogan? Yeah, I, uh, it, it took a while to get back and arrange everything, but um, I did. That's I awesome. sent it to the shop um, and, you know, with the payment, and it, it came back signed. So, yeah. And Ron Howard hooked you up down there. He did. He is, that is hey, a interesting dude to deal with. Yeah, he is. <laughs> how, 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 how cool is this? When you were a little kid, right, and, and Hulk Hogan was, the biggest star in the world, right? Did you ever think in a million years that not only would you draw a picture of Hulk Hogan, but you would figure out a way to get an address to send it to him to as a kid now, I'm telling, I'm telling in your head. And then not only that, but he's going to sign it for you and send it back to you. If, you, if, some, if someone was to tell you that uh, when you were 10 years old, you probably would have to say pinch me, right? Yeah, for sure. I would have said like I wasn't 10, I would have been like, I don't draw. You know, like that wouldn't have been even a, a, a thought of a possibility. But, you know, here we are, right? That's a fantastic collectible. That's, That's something you definitely have to keep. Don't don't uh, shove it in the basement like your dad did with his uh, Hogan no, it's, picture. It's in the basement, but building. it's displayed prominently. There you go. Love it. Anyway, David, you thank you so much, care. man. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that's pretty cool to think that you can send a uh, picture that you drew down to Hogan's Beat Shop there, and he'll sign it and send it back. I'm sure it cost David a pretty penny to get it done, but like uh, like Firefighter Brian said earlier, it, it might cost an arm and a leg, but if he's a childhood hero and it's a piece of memorabilia, a piece of art that you're going to keep forever uh, and it means something to you, then it's definitely worth it. Hopefully, hanging on hold was worth it for our next caller to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Hulkamania. It's time to connect with Joe from Long Island. Joe, good morning to you, sir. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, fellas. How you guys doing? Long uh, long time. I uh, haven't called in, uh, but uh, it's good to talk to you today. Well, it's good hey, to hear Joe, from how are you, Joe? man? I'm doing great, doing great. Uh, yeah, just wanted to... Uh, stress a couple of points. A few of the things were already brought up, but uh, a couple of things I did want to touch on quickly. First of all, uh, I know, Tommy, you had mentioned the whole Jimmy Snuka uh, thing with, uh, you know, whether or not he could have filled Hogan's shoes, things like that. The one thing, just to point out on that, that I had always heard uh, for that WrestleMania 1 main event was, I think, a big reason why Snuka was in the corner and he didn't have a more prominent role at that event was I think Vince was a, was a little bit uh, hesitant to, to to feature him in a prominent role just because at that point I know there was a there was a big drug issue with Snuka uh, I think it was around that time that he was uh, a little they were a little careful with uh, putting him in a big position I don't know if they could if they really trusted him enough to be in anything other than just a corner man. Uh, and I know he also had the controversy with the girlfriend, the uh, the, the Nancy Argento 
uh, murder back then. That that's that was a obviously a big talking point. So I think that was one of the reasons. If Snooker had not had those demons uh, with the drugs and things like that, I think um, I think we would have seen Snooker, you know, in, in a bigger role. And I think he would have uh, been been in the promotion for longer. I know he left uh, not too long after that. And who knows? We might have even seen a, a Hogan Snooker feud. Uh, I know Snooker was uh, at that point a big babyface, but you know I, I see no reason why Snooker couldn't have turned heel at some point, and and that would have been a, a pretty sweet feud. Uh, you know, one of one of the big heels that were fed to Hogan in, in the eighties. I love I love that idea, man. That's a that's a really 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 awesome idea. You know, what, real quick, I'm gonna jump in when I, I you said that about Hogan and, and Snooker. I'm sure you guys remember too. Once I I mentioned it, you guys remember that Victory Sports wrestling magazine, I vividly remember it, Hulk Hogan and, and Snuka, like, standing next to each other, flexing, and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why that, that magazine just popped up in my head and vividly remember that. Yes, yes, I do remember you mentioning that, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that would, that would have been, uh, I think that would be maybe some type of explanation for the, for the Snuka scenario, but, um, but getting, you know, back to Hogan, uh, specifically, um, a couple of things that the two Bryans uh, said, but just to kind of piggyback off of that, um, as far as the boos, and I know Jay, you, you brought that up, um, Hogan getting booed. You know, I think Hogan's last appearance for the for the promotion was a year ago. I think, like you said, I think it was the Raw 30th, uh, which was last January. And yeah, he definitely didn't get the reaction that I thought he would. Um, I mean, look, I, I started watching wrestling in '85 with the first WrestleMania, and since then it's been just. You know, it's been my lifelong, uh, one of my lifelong loves. Um, I definitely want to agree that I think that was, that that Raw and the WrestleMania with Titus and all that, those were the two big ones that made me realize in what you guys have been saying that he really, I think we overestimate um, how big his comeback or, or making appearances would be at this point, because I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's just that it's so long ago, um, and you know, like when when it's some when it's someone that ha- when it's somebody that these fans of today just haven't grown up with. Um, you know, they haven't grown up with him, and to them, he's not The Rock, and he's not John Cena, and he's not Steve Austin. Um, and I think when you see guys like Austin and The Rock come back, it's just, it's like an unbelievable reaction. When you see Hogan come back now, you know, you might get some, you get, you get an initial pop, but you just don't get what you think he should get. So I never thought I'd be saying this, but it's almost like Hogan is, you know, Hogan is sort of overlooked, um, at this point. And while it would be great to have him come back for Raw, let's say this Monday, to me, I think they should. This is the 40th year of him winning the belt. I think they should. They should do a tribute at WrestleMania this year. I mean, you're looking at two nights. They have so many hours to fill as it is. Um, rather than just do it on a throwaway Raw, which, let's be honest, Raw is like three hours every week. Um, most people don't even watch the whole show. They fast forward through it, whatever. If you put it at res- at, at WrestleMania. Um, on the 40th anniversary of his winning the belt from the Sheik, I think that would give it enough time. They would be able to come up with a really good video, maybe have people commented. Obviously, he'd be there, give a speech, things like that. Um, I think that would be really fitting because he really does deserve it. I mean, I can't say, (laughs) to be honest, I was the biggest Hulkamaniac growing up simply because I was always a fan of the heels. You know, I love rooting for guys like Piper and, and Orndorff when Orndorff turned on him and things like that. But don't get me wrong, I respect that guy like like nobody else. And I I realize that if it wasn't for Hogan, I there's a good chance I wouldn't have got into WWF back then. I mean, he was he was the reason. You know, I mean, I look at that now and I'm like, there really was nobody else. And I know you can say that guys like Austin, guys like The Rock. If you look at a business standpoint, you know, I look at a lot of this stuff. I know uh, Meltzer writes a lot about it, and he talks about the the business numbers and how at Austin's height, Austin sold more merchandise than Hogan or whatever. But to me, it'll it'll never be – Hogan is still number one in that sense just because, you know, I grew up watching wrestling where my family would – 
would be into it. They weren't wrestling fans, but it's like my parents wanted to know about Hulk Hogan. They'd say, oh, Joe's going to watch Saturday night's main event tonight. We see Hogan there. They, they were kind of interested in it. In the 90s and, you know, the late 90s with the, the Attitude Era, it was a different feel. Yes, Austin and Rock took it to new heights, but it wasn't really the same feel. It wasn't the family atmosphere. It wasn't like the older generation or the parents were really into it. I feel like Hogan was someone that really, truly brought it into the mainstream, uh, you know, so everybody can watch. And and even um, further with, with the uh, talking about the uh, the controversy with Hogan and the comments he's made and things like that, yeah, I completely understand, you know, unacceptable, things like that. But, I mean, let's be honest, there's definitely a, a, a you know, it's, it's contradictory and there's a double-edged sword. I mean, you look at guys like Ultimate Warrior was brought up. Um, he had so many issues and so many controversial things. He said he returned uh, years ago and he was cheered like, like nothing else. Even somebody like Ric Flair, who I love Flair, but, I mean, you know, Flair's had so many controversies over, over the years uh, and, you know, when he comes back, he was cheered like crazy. Even a Shawn Michaels, a guy like that who had so many issues backstage, apparently that he treated people poorly, um, you know, that's overlooked now. So I think it's just a matter of, uh, I don't know what people's agenda uh, agenda is, but, um, you know, Hogan really, really does deserve his due. I think I think he, uh, he truly does. I think that's very well said, Joe. I, I think... Yeah, I think you summed it up very nicely there. Um, and, you know, the point is, we're 40 years, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of something that happened in 1984. I mean, in 1984, were we celebrating anything in pro wrestling that happened 40 years prior to that, 1944? Can we name the, the biggest wrestler from 1944? I bet we can't. But here we are talking about Hogan. So, yeah, his impact on the wrestling industry can't can't be understated and can't be overlooked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Joe, thank yeah, you so much for weighing in, and we really appreciate you calling in. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it was it was a pleasure, and uh, my job doesn't always allow me to call in, but I do listen every week, and, uh, yeah, I'll try to call in uh, more often. Oh, we appreciate that awesome. so much, man. Yeah, we love hearing from you, so, yeah, call back any chance you get. All right, thanks, guys. You have a good one. You too. Well, there we go, Tommy. The 40th anniversary of Hulkamania taking place this coming Tuesday, January the 23rd, marking the night he beat the Iron Sheik for the World Wrestling Federation back in Madison Square Garden. Quite the historical event in terms of professional wrestling, Tommy. Absolutely. And and like I said, uh, listen, actually, now that Joe just said that about having Hulk Hogan celebrate his 40th anniversary at WrestleMania, and it being WrestleMania 40, I almost hope we don't see Hulk Hogan on Monday night. And I hope that they wait and do it at WrestleMania because I love that idea, Joe. That's a really, really good idea. And it would also give ample time <laughs> to promote it and build it up and really make something special out of it instead of just having a video package this Monday night on Raw, which, I mean, they still should. Um, but, you know, you can really, really make it special. And I think that me and you probably wouldn't be on this uh, conversation right now on the phone talking if it wasn't for the power and the longevity of, of, of Hulk Hogan 40 years ago. So uh, I, I think that he deserves a, a really, really awesome anniversary. And I, and I love the idea of him doing it at WrestleMania. And I hope that they do do that. Or if they don't, at least see him in person this Monday night. On Raw. Now, I, I believe last week we decided what we're going to talk about next week as well. Was that right? Do you remember what it was? It slipped my mind. Oh, let me go back to our uh, texting here. I don't know if we if we chose no, it was, or it, if it was on, it was on, it was on the I was on the call last week. I remember we were talking about it. I said, let's do this one first, and then we'll do this one. But whatever you want to you want to pick. We want to pick the topic right now. What we could talk about. Oh, I, I remember. It, next week will be the first uh, – the next Thursday's episode is the first ever Royal Rumble we're covering. You're absolutely right. That is what we discussed, the, the anniversary of the first Royal Rumble next week here on the program. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be a really fun one. So next week right here, we'll be talking all about the first ever WWF Royal Rumble and maybe – now, the, the first pay-per-view one, right? Not the one where Duggan won it, right? The first pay-per-view one, Correct. 
Listen, man, you're talking to me like I'm babyface Brian, the walking, talking encyclopedia, but I may not be Brian, but I have access to Brian, so I'm going to bring him back on the line here. Brian, are you still with us by chance? How's it going? Babyface Brian, the walking encyclopedia. Look at Tommy. You have a question. We have a resource. Next week, wow. Where'd you come we're from? talking Listen, we keep him waiting in the wings, man. He is the, uh, the knowledge of, of this podcast. Uh, Brian, what are we celebrating next week in terms of the Royal Rumble? You know, the, the very first one's near and dear to me, but it's 36 years. 35 years ago was the first pay-per-view Royal Rumble, and it continues on, the thread of, uh, continues on the thread of Hulk Hogan. So um, I could see the, uh, the Hulkamania first uh, Royal uh, Rumble that was on pay-per-view being the, the, the topic, if that's what's uh, up Tommy's alley, because you had uh, Big John Studd making a surprise uh, return in December of that year after being gone for uh, – uh, uh, two years, um, you know, leading up to, to December 98 before that rumble. And then you had Hulk Hogan uh, coming out on top. So 35 years anniversary of the, uh, of the Royal rumble on pay-per-view. I think we've talked uh, a little about uh, Hacksaw and the first Royal rumble before. So it's, it's up to Tommy and you, but uh, either way, sounds like fun. Well, that sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much. Tommy, did Tommy, did you not know that we just keep we just keep Babyface Brian in like the archive section of the podcast here? He he no, lives I, <laughs> surrounded by books and magazines. I, well, right now this is what I'm picturing. I am picturing you in your den right now, right? You're you're at your desk at your den, like, and Babyface Brian like lives underneath the stairs, like in the attic, you know, in the basement, you know, the the man that lives <laughs> under the stairs, like he, he just randomly appears. He just randomly appeared. You still there? I bet you're still there. Yeah, I'm up in the control I, box. Yeah, yeah. See, Looking at the monitors and yeah. As, got, as soon I as I it. met Brian, I got rid of Google. I got rid of any resource. He just he's my living resource, man. Anytime I have a question, I just say, Brian, are you there? And he answers, and so it's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Listen, you. I, I got to feel I'm I'm getting pushed out of my own show here. I think that it's going to be uh, taken over by. <laughs> Baby face Brian and jumping Jay. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's that's really funny though. I did I, I did not expect to hear his voice on the line. It's very funny. Um, but hey, listen, we're talking about the first Royal Rumble next week, the 35th anniversary. Jumpin' Jay, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go back and look at who was in that Royal Rumble, and see maybe if I get one of the guys that was in that first Royal Rumble 35 years ago on next week's episode right here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.